On today's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about paying for conversions in Google Ads. A whole lot of Facebook hacking details. And Jess got all spawn con with her rollies. And Greg talked about all the non-pornographic images being banned from Tumblr. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on December 21st, 2018. Remember, you can catch us live without a net on Fridays on YouTube in the morning, or you can consume us via your favorite podcasting player. And always be sure to follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. So, what's in the news there, Rudolph? Well, <laughs> I'm going to take this off now. I just didn't want people to think I was wearing a tie all day. Um, for listeners that aren't watching, I had have a sweet little reindeer thing on today. A reindeer suit. And I don't think it's technically fair to say Rudolph because you didn't come equipped with a nose. No, so, you're I, just a generic reindeer. I have a red nose at my desk, too. I totally should have wore it. Missed opportunity. Too late. Well... Speaking of not missed opportunities, <laughs> let's go into our first story. Uh, Google has added pay for conversions bidding on your display campaigns. So there's not really a lot to talk about here, but it's a big deal. I feel um, I wrote in my notes, OMG, yes, finally, when I just read the title because I was excited about CPA bidding. But it's more than just CPA bidding. Um you can now actually pay for a conversion versus a click, which was something that's been around for search, but not for display. So you can now target a CPA again on display and pay for conversions if you want to instead of clicks, which is interesting to me. Um, well, the I, big, I the, don't know. The big difference here is that you're only paying when a conversion actually happens. It's not like a target CPA. So this is a pretty revolutionary new thing yeah. where you can say, I want to bid, and you can only bid up to $200. So, so yeah. you can, <laughs> un, anything under $200 CPA, you can go after. So it, it is a little different in that way where you're actually paying for that conversion. Yeah. And I think that is, that's an important distinction too. So for folks out there that I may have confused, you can still pay per click if you're doing target CPA bidding. You don't have to do this. They're not one and the same. I didn't did not mean to make it sound that way. The thing that's interesting, though, like I said, they have it already available on search campaigns. So I just want to make sure that people are aware that search and display behave very differently. Hopefully, mm -hmm. if you're you know a digital marketer and you're out there doing this, you know that. But just a word of caution, it's a whole different ballgame. Don't just blindly set it up and, and walk away. Be paying attention if you turn this on, for sure. Right. And there are a lot of stipulations to be eligible. Mm -hmm. And just, just a side note before I get into the side of stipulations, this may be the worst article that Google has ever <laughs> created from a helpful standpoint. Yeah. It was about two paragraphs that mm -hmm. was the official release. Bless Ginny Marvin's heart over at Search Engine Land who made it legible for us marketers. But there are conversion requirements that you have to dive into the support documents to find. You need to have 100 conversions within the last 30 days. Also out of those 100 conversions, then 90% of them have to come within seven days. And then there's a whole different category for a smart display campaign. So it, it, if you read just the Google release, you're going to be left up in the air, but that's yeah. what we're here for. <laughs> we're here to help. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. 
very exciting. And then there's all this other gobbledygook that you need to pay attention to, which Google didn't want to tell yep. anyone. And then the other thing I thought that was interesting is you, you, there's no shared budgets. So you can't say, no. let's take this and for all of our, our campaigns, we're going to do some shared budget. And then we need a name for this. So I think we officially dubbed this PFC. Ooh. Pay what is, what is that for, for conversions. Perfect. Do you think shared bidding or shared budgets will come? Do you think that's ever going to be a thing for this? It'd be helpful. I'm not sure. I'm just glad we have this at the moment, and I'm going to use this. <laughs> so I, I can't wait, actually. I think this is amazing. What a nice little uh, Christmas treat here treat. for us all. <laughs> all right. Next up in the marketing news of the week, a whole lot of Facebook coming your way. And I'm going to try to fly through this pretty quick. So, Jess, if you have any questions at the end, I'll just let me know okay. because there's not just one, not just two, not just three, but four different security-based Facebook article, Facebook news alerts this week. So, first up, Facebook has exposed 6.8 million users' private photos to developers in the latest leak. As Facebook said it, the internal team discovered a photo API bug that may have affected people who use Facebook login and granted permissions. We have fixed the issue, but because of this bug, we may have access to a broader set of photos. And what that means to real life is that some of your private photos were shared. And this occurred <laughs> for 12 days between September 13th to September 25th. So if you had those naughty photos up and you took them down by September 12th, you're a-okay. And um, if you, you did actually share that information, you receive a notification alerting you about the fact that your photos were exposed. And the photos were exposed to 1,500 apps from 876 different developers. Next up in the Facebook anxiety train here, <laughs> the, this came from Facebook. And the name of the title I just loved. <laughs> Let's clear up a few things about Facebook's partners. Okay. They, yeah, I'll clear it up. <laughs> and they went through and talked about why you, they had this partner data and why some of the information was shared, which is a really valid point. And people kind of somehow are unfairly pointing the blame at Facebook. But many of these partner deals, like uh, a Bing personalization, Spotify, things like that, you elect to share that information. And just because you click through and hit accept, sorry, you legally are bound to that decision. <laughs> and so they talk about the fact that devices and platforms like Apple, Amazon, BlackBerry, and Yahoo, I also think they put BlackBerry in there just to make it seem like it was really far in the I past. was going to say, does anyone still have one of those? I, I don't think that's even a thing. I mean, maybe the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook integrates with fruit. That's just in. So, again, every every one of these partners that 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 they integrated with were authorized in in this latest post that Facebook released called "Let's Clear Up a Few Things About mm -hmm. Facebook Partners." All of these links will be found in our show notes if you want the extended version. But that gets us into the newest update from Facebook called Facts About Facebook's Messaging Partnerships. And because the post about the partners before talked about messages being shared, Facebook had to the next day on December 19th talk about the fact of what messages were shared. Question here. I guess it's not really a question. Statement. 
I wonder what the like vibe was in the room where one day they're like, oh, we're just going to say, Let, let's clear some things up. And then something must have happened because the next day they're like, no, guys, we need facts. These need yeah. to be facts. We have facts to <laughs> deliver to the people. No more clearing things up. Facts. Yeah, exactly. And then they're talking about the fact that you chose this and that these experiences are common in the industry and they related it to Alexa reading a mail, mail aloud or Apple's mail app. And my favorite part of this article was the question that they gave to themselves. Why did the messaging partners have read, write, delete messaging access? In the next sentence, that was the point of this feature. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is where you um, give Spotify access and you can share a Spotify song within Facebook or vice versa. It's um, a good feature. Right. So that was, again, came from that initial post and uh, about the messaging. And then... That same day, Facebook has been sued by the District of Columbia over the Cambridge Analytica data scandal. And this was a first step by the state attorney general to punish Facebook for the privacy violations. I read through the documentation. I don't know if it's an affidavit or what it was, but it says that the case stems from a failure by the defendant Facebook to honor its promise to protect its customers' personal data. And... We will see how this plays out. Hopefully we see some more Zuckerberg drinking water <laughs> down in D.C. Um, but again, it's it's some rough times for Facebook and privacy in general. So my parting thought with this is anything you put up on social media, just make sure you know somebody's watching. <laughs> and in reality, we just need to see if this affects any type of usage within the platform. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like Facebook's got some New Year's resolutions to make if you will. Next up, speaking of the new year, this article is called Deliver More New Year Conversions with the Latest Display Ad Features. And I thought this was cute. Uh, there's a lot of great new display ad features coming to Google, but just the thought of like, oh, cram everything in before the new year, you know, <laughs> get it done. I, I, I don't know, get your button gear. What about all the, you know, holiday shopping conversions and things like that? It's too late. It's too late. I know. <laughs> it's like tomorrow, well, a few days from now, but still. Anyway, there's still time in the new year to get all the conversions new things that are coming, improvements to Google's display ads. First thing I think I wrote, WTH, that's amazing, dynamic prospecting ads. This is huge and it seems really cool. We'll see how it works, but if you're familiar with dynamic remarketing where you have your product feed to pull in um, the different products that people have actually seen on your site, prospecting works a little bit differently. It uses your product feed again, but it's based on user behavior and it's going to show specific products to people that Google thinks will be interested in it, even if they haven't been on your site, which I think is wild times. I think that that's going to be really awesome and hopefully work really well for people. Wild times. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, love it. Wild times in digital marketing. <laughs> I, and and I will like I, I would like to give the author of this post, Tris Workington, the project manager over at Display Ads, some props. I think Tris might have gone a little <laughs> too far trying to cram all this in, but <laughs> unlike the other articles and again you have to check these out in the show notes. Yeah. There's actual content there and, and made it a little too much on the New Year's, New Year's side, like like you had mentioned, Yeah, where this starts off with 61% of shoppers interested in buying from new retailers this holiday season. Oh, no. You have three new minor 
updates to Google ads. Yeah. And to your point, the holiday season's almost over. But that was the big one that's coming, and, and she's trying to make it timely. Other things to look forward to, uh, improvements to custom audiences. I don't want to spoil it. Read the article. And also <laughs> this audience expansion tool that lets you extend your reach within the same budget. I guess th- they made it better. It still, to me, looks like a slider where you can't really control too much. But and you can max it up or down depending on yeah. how you are for the month. So it, it definitely is cool. It's Again, something. it's a good article to check out. And with some of those pre-built custom intent audiences, I like the sound of that. What I'm afraid of is if they'll start get, getting auto-appended at some point down oh, the road. Oh, no. I that, hope that's not. That's just what I think of. I'm like, how this seems great, but like just the cynic, I guess, in me after yeah. being jaded for 15 years <laughs> of this or so. You know, I'm like, how, how could this go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I, I, yeah, I guess because it's custom tailored to your account. So maybe that means they're just going to stick things in there. Hopefully not. Okay, and that brings us to this week's lightning round. First up this week, Google posts decline in traffic leave many one to wonder if the strategy is worth the time. And this is from Joy Hawkins, a columnist over at Search Engine Land, and she has a great local forum. And what had happened is she had noted this, and and I sort of alluded to it last week Mm -hmm. quickly, that in September the posts within Google My Business, and in that knowledge panel, we're shifted down to the bottom. And there was a thought that, hey, this is actually stopping some of that traffic that's coming through um, because it's lower down on the page, sometimes below the fold. And it looks like, according to many of the posts within the the forum, is that people have between 50 to 60%, based on who you asked, drop in traffic from Google posts. So if you had Google posts as part of your strategy, it doesn't mean to, to totally give up on it at all. The thing I, I love the most about Google posts is your posts still show up above related searchers or like your competition. Yeah. And so it still beats that. And that's the last thing I ever want is for a competitor or people also search for competitors showing up. So it still pushes that down. So it's probably still worth the weight in gold. But if you see some traffic drops, probably not your content and what you're doing out there, but it's probably Google Posts. And that was way too long for a lightning round. No, oh, that's all right. I was going to do some quick math. So if 50 and 60% <laughs> decrease, that means that you've still got 40 to 50% of that extra traffic. Why, why, why wouldn't you still do this? Does, is that the math? I don't know. I'm just subtracting from 100. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think we, we have technology good enough to figure that one out. I didn't use a calculator, people. That was all in the Rudolph brain that I got going on today. <laughs> Next up, I'll make this quick. If you are using share of voice reports on Bing ads, some of the columns in there are going away, but that's okay because you could still get the information from them in the new, quote, richer competition tab that is coming. There, Bing just announced this, I think, this week, and they're letting us know that the change is coming in March. So you have lots of time to prepare to lose these columns. And if you're wondering what they are, read the, read the article. Awesome. Speaking of the article, I started reading it, obviously, first sentence as you know, we've launched lots of AI-powered tools. Yay. How about New Year's resolution? <laughs> All I want for Christmas here is less AI and machine learning references yeah. to stories that don't, that don't have any AI in them. So, well, so this one it. they were like, ah, oh, well, it, because of this, we made improvements yeah, here, and yeah, so we're getting yeah. rid of whatever. I think, yeah, they just wanted to tout it. Okay, this one is sort of news, but I liked it, so I put it in there, <laughs> and it's by Brian Jackson over at Kinsta, and the title of the article is Google AMP Case Study, Leads Dropped by 59%. 
parentheses, how to disable it. <laughs> and this is something that we actually talk about. Jess and I have, have clients where we talk about um, using technology and using features that work for them. Yeah. And when Google AMP or Accelerated Mobile Pages came out, people see this as, oh, it might really jump up in the search engine results pages, or we might get more clicks, more impressions. But at the end of the day, it's all about your business. And Brian did a great job here kind of running through that. And what he looked at when they took Kinsta to AMP with all their mobile versions, is they saw a decrease in positions, which is a good thing. You're going lower, which means you're higher up, you're higher towards one, which is just confusing in general, but that's a whole different show. Math. Math. And then next up, the click-through rate actually dropped, which I was flabbergasted by. Um, usually you see that from what we've seen with our clients mm -hmm. is having um, that little gray lightning bolt has worked better. But for Brian, it seemed like the, the click-through rate dropped, the number of impressions went up, and the number of clicks was up slightly. But in case the Name of this article didn't give it away. <laughs> the mobile leads dropped by 59%. And the newsletter email signups for mobile dropped over 16%. And the account creations dropped over 10%. And just because you're getting slightly more traffic, just because you're getting slightly more clicks, more impressions, a lower position, who cares at the end of the day if mm -hmm. you're not doing better as a business? And it, it's something that we have to reiterate to, to clients many times is, just because we can get slightly more clicks, I don't care. I want you to do better <laughs> and to make more money. Yeah, just a great example. Uh, we had to get one we in there. We had to, huh? just had to get it in there. But yeah, I mean, quality traffic is always better than the quantity of traffic. Increasing both is good, though. Next up, Twitter is relaunching the reverse chronological feed as an option for all users starting today. And that's not today. I think this article came out three days ago. So starting three days ago. So you should have it. The, my favorite thing in the world is that they have this little thing that you can hit to toggle this on and off. And they're calling it the sparkle, oh. which I think is really cute and lovely. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be calling it forever, said the article. And I agree that is never going to go away. Sparkle forever. Um, yeah, it's here's a quote because I liked it. The company says the move comes in recognition of the fact that Twitter is often most useful in real time, particularly during live events such as sports games or the Oscars. Sports games. Sports games. Sports games, yeah. But really, like, we joke around, but yeah, like, who wants to see a tweet from five years ago? And is it just the Oscars? Like, yeah. aren't there more things? Like, there's, like, Emmys and Tonys and Espies. Yeah, I mean... The dandies. There's, there's all kinds. The mountains? I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, it's a good thing. So you're going to be able to... Oh, the big difference too, because you've always been able to kind of switch this back, is that Twitter is going to learn your behavior. And if you keep flipping it back to the chronological feed, they're going to try and keep it that way for you. Yeah. No and you, you could get back to it, but there were, there were very specific workarounds yeah. to do it. And you had to like set your own URL that would, would show by recency. But this is great. I love it. I'm an old codger though. So... <laughs> Uh, I remember back when this was the only option you had. So let's go over to our sound producer, Hope, here, and we're going to ask her. Hope, Hope, do you care about reverse chronological feed in Twitter? No. No, doesn't <laughs> care. Do you care about Twitter? No. From Gen Z, Gen I, does Gen Z care about Twitter? Mm. I feel like we don't care a lot about Facebook. Twitter's okay. All right. Gen Z has spoken. It matters. It matters. A little bit. A little Facebook bit. Facebook doesn't, though. So <laughs> no, all no, those Gen data Z. breaches and shared photos and whatever, those are our parents' photos that are being shared. Our parents' naughty photos. <laughs> it's Insta or nothing. And we'll get to that in a, in a minute. Can I get an amen? 
All right. And next up in Google My Business News, Google is testing, or maybe a bug, a restaurant booking with both reserve a table and tables tomorrow. And what Greg Sterling over at Search Engine Land had spotted is two different versions where you could reserve uh, a table with a specific restaurant. And it kind of looked super goofy, so I'm guessing it was a bug. But it showed a reserve a table and then tables tomorrow. But I think the, the crux behind this, we always try to look for what, what is happening, what's going on, how do we learn from this. Google is testing more and more. This is here to stay. Mm-hmm. You can see all the Google partners where you can reserve a table. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. But there are a, a plethora of, of partners that you can choose from and show up on there. And it's something where we just keep talking about it, Google My Business, getting more and more robust. And I just have to say, I think that that's a stupid CTA. Tables tomorrow. Yeah, tables tomorrow. There's so many other days you might want a sounds table. Like, sounds like a band or something. Ooh, tables tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, a death metal, metal band. band. Oh, of I didn't know that. I thought it was like folk, like a folk band. Oh, I mean, probably, but they they didn't hire me. So. Yeah. Definitely Canadian. Table, either way. Yeah. Okay. Of course, Canadian rock. All right. This is my favorite story of the week. Um, and I think it should almost be in our WTH segment, but we have something way more WTH to talk about when we get there. So I'm just going to call this what is happening. Rising Instagram stars are posting fake sponsored content. So not only are people just out there pretending to be sponsored and trying to look cool, but they have a word for this and it's called SponCon and it just sounds disgusting. SponCon. SponCon. <laughs> it sounds like a conference for like fungi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it does sound like a conference. For fungi. For fungi. Yeah. <laughs> fungi Not fungi fun and fungi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> you should you know what you should write a fake <gasps> we should do a fake SponCon about SponCon and pretend that this conference for mushrooms and whatever hired us to to influence about it. I don't know if you notice know this or not, but today's <laughs> show is brought to you by SponCon, actually. Oh. Well, hey, everyone <laughs> should sign up for SponCon. I don't know. This, huh, they had this influencer that didn't want to be named in the article, so they were calling her Allie. And she said, she, I think she was 15, if I remember correctly. And she said, people pretend to have brand deals to seem cool. It's a thing. Like, I got this for free while all you losers are paying. And I don't mean to make fun of children, but, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. I, I loved some of the commentary. And, like, they pulled all these tweets in. And there's somebody named Sinferna. I don't know what this means. I don't know if I just cursed in a different language or what happened. Mm -hmm. But she said, or he said, if I see any more, quote, self-made entrepreneurs, unquote, flexing their rented Lamborghinis and fake Rollies in sponsored posts on Instagram, I'm ending it all. And I thought, wow, what what a time to be alive, A. And then B, that's the biggest hurdle in your life. Like yeah. that's your obstacle that's gonna gonna put you over the edge is yeah. the spawn con and the fake rollies. I, <laughs> I love it. Which I don't is that a Rolls Royce or a Rolex? A Rolex. A Rolo is the candy. It's fake Rolex. Well I think get yourself a real know. Rolex. I mean, get sponsored. Come I to SponCon. I got to do what, what you do as a 36-year-old dad. You go over to Urban Dictionary and you, you put in Rollies. And Did like, you do oh. that? No, I didn't. I, it's a Rolex, I, well, I'd imagine. Just so you know, in like these people's worlds, we are really old. Because yeah. they had in the article like that 22-year-old was like the old wise one that was like, we're ruining this industry oh, oh, for okay. ourselves. So, so, so to my real favorite part of mm. the article. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Somebody <laughs> named Vingen Klein said she can't blame the young fashion influencers she sees coming up today for the hustle. 
Trying to get sponsored is your way out of this rat race, she said. Teens today realize you don't have to go up this hierarchy. You can skip the middleman. I didn't know teens were even allowed in the rat race. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like, I, I, I cannot believe that there are these teenagers in the rat race of yes. SponCon. Yes, they're so. richer than you and I. Not that we're rich, but like we have adult jobs, right? And these kids are in high school. They're th- read this article, people. It's very long. I read the whole thing. It, they're talking about like, oh, I get, you know, people come up to me in the hallway at my locker because I, I have a sponsored post and it's not even real. Like these kids are out of their mind. And then the other thing too with the FTC is you have to by law disclose if it is sponsored content. Mm-hmm. So what is, is the FTC going to have to make some bat-ass crazy rule up to be like, hey, you can't fake <laughs> an advertisement on something that's not an advertisement because that's a fake rollie. Like, what yeah. is going to happen with this? It's yeah. just insane. And so. that was somebody's point, too. I forgot which advertiser it was. Actually, I think they didn't name him, but they were saying that, you know, there's people putting out mediocre content pretending to be sponsored by us, and it could actually hurt our brand, but then they worry about their reputation if they say something. So there there are actual implications for us advertisers <laughs> out in the world. We're not just ranting here, but... Oh, so you could get in trouble? I take back that this show is sponsored by SponCon, and it wasn't. It was just <laughs> We're not. We're not. The real SponCon is coming. (laughs) They're mad. Okay. Next up, Google's mobile-first indexing now powers over half of Google search results. Jess, a normal story like this has never (laughs) felt so good. (laughs) But basically, there's nothing to worry about here. Mobile-first indexing or looking at your mobile version of the site is is over half now. You can check it out with the URL inspection tool and just see if it's crawled as Googlebot uh, smartphone. And again, nothing to do. Your only major concerns here are if you've got different content on, on what's displayed mobile versus desktop. Beautiful. In more real news, there are new chart interactions on Data Studio. Super cool stuff. Uh, check out the show notes because there's a little animation, if you will, but you can select some data and say one of your pie charts, and it will filter the entire report based on the little segment of traffic that you clicked. And I think that that is awesome. Awesome, awesome. There's other, a couple other things that are a little more minor also, so read the article. New stuff coming. Yeah, and it's. I just want to say sometimes we're hard on some of the features and even some of the blog posts that are <laughs> don't don't say enough. But man, Data Studio is amazing, and having some of these 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 interactions with there live and and selecting different times. Data Studio is a lifesaver. This is awesome. I can't tell you how much cool stuff and how much time Data Studio saved me. Even just this project I was working on yesterday. Yeah. So if you're not using Data Studio, check it out. New chart interactions. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great for clients, too, when you're sitting there talking to them and they want to know more. You just drill right in. You look super prepared. Okay, next up from the New York Times, Facebook's version of YouTube takes shape with pranksters, magicians, and cartoons. So Facebook (laughs) Watch, which is their competitor to YouTube, is doing well if you are a content creator that's a magician, a prankster, a cartoon. (laughs) And Julius Dean, the magician... Uh, stated that his videos attracted six figures of revenue since July and when he's able to run ads on them. And then there's a set of prankster brothers out there known as the Jalals, and they've earned more than half a million dollars since August. So if you're good at being stupid on camera, go make money on Facebook Watch. Note to self, <laughs> we should take these videos, Jess, <laughs> throw them over on Facebook Watch. Are we? What are we, pranksters or magicians? We're not a cartoon, you know that. I don't know, just being dumb on camera. That's that's what I thought. Speaking of cartoons, though, we got to add to the show notes Greg's Bitmoji. Oh, boy. We should do that. Bitmoji made, I used the auto Bitmoji <laughs> face, and it came up with, I don't know, who did we decide it looked like? Fat Vince Vaughn. Fat Vince Vaughn. And you're not fat, so like that's not, Bitmoji was not kind to you. Not kind at all. Not kind. Check it in the show notes. 
<laughs> Speaking of unkind, here's a stat for you. A study found that 61% of electronics reviews on Amazon are fake. And if you read the article, it's not only that crazy high percentage in that vertical, but lots of other categories of products like makeup and beauty and all kinds of stuff where people are just popping out fake reviews, like higher than real reviews in percentages. And that, that's crazy to me. And if you think this is a good idea, it is not. Amazon is so strict with the review policy, with huge fines, especially if you're a seller. You really need to be careful. Just because 61% of people are doing it and your competitors are, do not. You can get huge, huge fines. So be careful. It's going to hurt you in the long run. Don't do it. Okay. And that brings us to this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from BuzzFeed, Mm -hmm. and it's called Tumblr Launched an Algorithm to Flag Porn, and so far, it's just caused chaos. And in an update to the site's community guidelines, Tumblr said not to upload any content that shows real-life human genitals or female-presenting nipples. This includes content that is so photorealistic that it could be mistaken for featuring real-life humans. So you think that's, that's pretty easy, you know, AI and machine learning probably can figure this out. Hmm. But unfortunately, it started flagging the funniest stuff in the world. <laughs> you can check it again on YouTube on our, our our channel here or in our show notes. But one of my favorite things is it flagged a, a gay Bowser, <laughs> sketches of lizards, and it also flagged a Werther's original TV ad. And I'm like, how how did it flag that? And then I also was thinking like that AI it can figure out female presenting nipples versus male presenting nipples, <laughs> and it couldn't. It actually flagged all the nipples. Yeah, so <laughs> check and, it and out. And non nipples. There was a collarbone in there. A collarbone. Like, no, no. Yeah, I guess uh, no skin on Tumblr anymore or, or lizards. Oh, goodness. It's the best. It is just, it is the, the best collection of photos I've ever seen. All right. And we are excited now to debut a new mm-hmm. segment here on Marketing O'Clock. And this week's segment is called. Cool tool. <laughs> cool tool. So first up, it's got an awesome URL, which you know we love, remove.bg. And I promise you that is correct. We went there and we tested this out. It basically removes the background from an image. You don't have to do anything. You upload a photo. We're doing it live for anyone that's watching the video. I, I tried it yesterday and I know what's going to happen. Well, I don't know what's going to happen because we're going to use a different photo, but it's actually really neat watching it live. And as anybody knows, uh, and Hope is running the board here and showing it live, but as anybody who knows, getting people's hair cut out from the background Mm. is like, is a nightmare for anyone. Yeah. And as soon as Hope can figure the CAPTCHA out here, (laughs) I guess, you know what, Gen Z doesn't like the CAPTCHA. (laughs) But we're trying it right now with John here at the office and did it. Get him or no? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That's perfect. So if you want, check it out live on our yeah. YouTube channel. It got the background right off him, but it didn't get all that dirt or paint off of his face. No, well, I don't think it, it erases blemishes. Is that oh. the word I'm looking for? Just the background. Oh, and you have to have a human in your photo. I tried this with Christmas cookies. It would not do anything. Okay. Just million dollar idea. Yeah. Remove.bg. Blemishes. <laughs> just just remove my whole face. Just, yeah, put it in there. Hey, look, hey, it's better. He got rid of the background and any, any, uh, any issues you got going on there. So, all right. Uh, it is a cool tool. Cool tool. Cool tool. All right. That brings us to our must 
read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we can't cover it all here on the show. And this week's article comes from us here at Cypress North. We put out an article and a video, which is really awesome with a lot of animations, that's called Use Responsive Display Ads to Optimize Campaigns. And in the video, you can see Jess, uh, also Sarah here at the office, and Jen, and they break down exactly why you would use RDAs or responsive display ads within Google Ads. It is a super cool new feature. It's a super cool new video and explainer. Great job, Jess. So for this week and this week only, we mm -hmm. are hijacking the must-read marketing article of the week because we earned it. Yeah. And it's a great article, so check it out. Sometimes self-promotion is okay. That is the business we are in anyway. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch all the content from today's show on marketingoclock.com or in the descriptions below. So please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And Bye. we will see you next week. I'll catch you off. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where we don't talk about marketing, we just shoot the heck. All right. And this week, Jess, I hear you brought a game to Marketing O'Clock. I did. I have a new segment and I'm calling it Two Kinds of People, because really there's only ever two kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> just put them in a box, huh? Just put them in a box. A or B. A or B. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game. We are going to talk about some scenarios and see which of the two kinds of people you are. Okay. I'm so, ready. All right. First of all. When you are emptying cutlery out of the dishwasher, yes. are you a pull the cutlery out or pull the cutlery basket out person? I am 100% pull the cutlery out. I leave the basket in. I am all about efficiency. I understand that some people may think it's more efficient to pull the basket out and put it up there, but it's not. You just grab the cutlery mm -hmm. and you move. You don't need that basket. Leave it there. Just grab more. Totally leaving it in. I am 100% with you. That's actually how I thought of this segment as I saw you doing that. I was like, oh, I do that too. People think I'm nuts. All right, okay. your turn. So I came up with some ideas, but I didn't know what the segment was about. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit off. Okay. Okay. So you see free candy canes. Do you eat them and enjoy them or not? Like out of a bowl? Candy canes. Like someone's leaving yes. them out? 100%. I love free candy canes. Okay. Why, why are you afraid of like poison? I'm afraid of candy canes. I hate them. Oh, you don't like candy <laughs> no, canes? I hate candy canes. Really? They're so good. It's the candy corn of Christmas. Yeah, but you know what? Forget about like all this, the funky flavors that they try to do in there. They're pretty colors, but straight up regular red and white candy cane, especially the little ones, the bite size ones. Yes. It's gross. Okay. No, it's not. All right. <laughs> Voicemails. Do or don't. Business Greg, can Business Greg answer? Yes. Business Greg leaves voicemails because I have to sometimes. You have to explain things. Personal Greg will never leave a voicemail. Really? Yes. I don't. I don't do it. It's annoying. The one caveat is that Google Assistant is actually getting pretty good at transcribing some of these things. Mm -hmm. But in my personal life, I hate it when people leave me voicemails. I just 
it drives me crazy. So no voicemails in general, but if it's business related, sorry, that's part of your job. Well, here's a note, personal Greg. If you don't leave me a voicemail, I'm not calling you back because I assume it You're wasn't important. You're one of important. those people? I'm one of those people. A wow. missed call is a missed call. A voicemail means I need to speak to you. Well, see, I text though. I'll just text somebody. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to inconvenience you. By listening to a voicemail? <laughs> yes. It's very inconvenient. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But two, two kinds of people, right? We're two different. kinds of people. Okay, Jess, you have used a public restroom. And yes. you are now leaving. Do you use your foot to flush the toilet? Yes. Well, not. <laughs> Greg is making a face at me like I just became the devil. Only if it's like a lever. If it's the the proper, like a regular household toilet with a little no, cute it's, knob, it's I'm using my hand on the that. The industrial Ugh. handle. No, I'm using my foot. So you are the kind of person that makes it bad for all of us. <laughs> Civilized folks that know how to hit a handle and everything was perfectly fine till that one person, mm -hmm. probably you, came around and started using <laughs> their feet. And now all everybody uses their feet and there's a couple <laughs> decent humans out here like myself and now I get all your bathroom foot juice when I flush a toilet <laughs> with my hand like a civilized human. Well, either way, I hope we're both washing our hands and everything's going to be okay. But I resent that because I feel like my mother always taught me, use your foot. It's disgusting. Well, and we're going to have to talk to Donna about that. this. We're going to talk to Donna. We should get her on the next show. <laughs> Excellent question. All right. Next up. You come into your home or guests come into your home. Shoes on, shoes off. I don't care. Shoes on. Wow. Shoes off. I don't care. I don't I, I don't have time to care. It's not, not my... I just don't care. Okay. I have a dog though, so it's a little different. Like I have a dog yeah. that just makes everything dirty. So just whatever your preference is, that's my preference. My wow. preference is yours. You Make are the easy. third kind of person. You're the third kind. Because normally people that want you to, that will leave their shoes on, they encourage you to do the same. But here's the thing. I think you have a fallacy. Have you ever had somebody go into somebody's house and you started to take their shoes off and you got your shoes off and like, no. Put those shoes back on. No, but they're... Yeah, so I don't even think the shoes on person exists. I think yeah. it's fake. No, 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 no. They're different about it. They're like, oh, you can leave your shoes on. We have our shoes on. They're like almost apologetic about well, it. Well, then I'm weird. that person. I'm just the... I don't care. Whatever. Right. Do, do you do you. Well, if you come to my house, you're taking your shoes off in the garage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. I got to make sure I get a good grip uh, when I flush the toilet with my, uh, with my pinky toe there. Just leave me a voicemail. Okay. Next up... Jess, are you the type of person when it's winter weather and it's a little bit slow driving that you put your hazards on? No. Well, not in general, but if I am approaching where it looks like everybody has stopped and I want to warn the people behind me, I'll turn them on briefly, but I'm turning them back off because they are annoying to listen to in the car. I understand they're helpful for safety, but no, I'm not driving around with them on because I'm going five under the speed limit. So it's an annoyance factor from sound yes. as to why so. Yes. Okay, because I drive a lot on the thruway. And people use hazards. And in case you don't know, it's your left and right blinkers. <laughs> and how do you have a blinker if you have hazard lights on? And these people are driving the entire way, oh. and it's insane. It's like you're making, you are the hazard. You are the hazard to me on this road because you can't drive. There should be, I'll bring this over to a next poke holes in this, but there should be some sort of stupid light that you have. Like I'm a bad driver light, <laughs> not a hazard thing. No stupid hazards. Light. Hazards are for very immediate situations, not for like constant driving because yeah. then nothing is a turn signal. Wow. I never thought about that factor. Mm -hmm. Greg, you're a genius. Thank you. 
Well, I hope you have another one because I'm going to end on one that's not that exciting, but it's the last one on my list. Banana peel, which way do you open it? With the stem at the top or the bottom? The correct way, yes. Which is which? The bottom. You start from the bottom. The bottom is the nub and not the, nub. the part that comes yes, off the bottom. Yes, not the stem, the nub. Go you, start at the nub. Go on. You squeeze. Instantly pops open. You have a nice 50-50 split and you just peel from there. And it's the correct way. Because if you go from the top, A, it's more work. One is a pinch and the other is like a pull and you could damage it. You could really mush the top of that banana. And I have to serve a lot of bananas to kids. (laughs) And I know for a fact the bottom way is the right way. And I am the right kind of person at the bottom of the banana. All right. I can't argue with you. I tend to do it the other way out of force of habit, but I agree with your logic. Okay. And then lastly... Are you the type of person that loads the toilet paper on the holder the correct way or the incorrect way? I do it the correct way. Okay, Which is facing out. It doesn't roll towards the wall or the cabinet. You're looking at me like I'm wrong. No, that's the correct answer. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know what people are thinking that <laughs> rolling towards the wall. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's disgusting. First of all, and sometimes I'll be like at someone's house and I'll notice that it's backwards. And while I'm sitting there, I will change it for them because it's oh, not that's, right. <laughs> that is a step too far. <laughs> I'm going to change that toilet paper for them and then yeah. just smash their toilet seat with my foot when I'm done. <laughs> And I got my shoes on the whole time. All right. And that has done it for this week's episode of Shooting the Heck. Bye.